T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Pleased to announce that Ray got the mall Santa job down at Tanferan, which is why he's not here today. Larry Kruger in for Ray Ratto this afternoon. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much for stopping on by. Larry, thank you for stopping on by. How are you, man? It's been a while. Man, it has been a while. Just the idea, I had to laugh because just the idea of Ray in a Santa suit at Tanferan. What do you want for Christmas, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't even ask, you know. He would have been the uh, uh, quintessential, you shoot your eye out, kid, Santa, and just push kids down the slide with his foot. Uh, Ray is, is, is ruining <laughs> dreams. You're not getting that. Right. I, know, I don't know what you're getting, but I know you're not getting that. You know how much it costs annually to feed a pony? You're not getting a pony. <laughs> you're not getting a pony. That's not a very practical ask. We got ourselves a good show for you today. And Ray, no, for those of you, like someone actually was like, is Ray really a mall Santa? No, Ray is not a mall Santa. It'd be awesome, uh, though. It'd be something else. We have uh, a really good one for you this Friday. We're going to try to put a little money in your pocket. We have one of the single most successful gambling segments in the entire nation, mathematically, statistically, undebatably, and documented, Larry. That's how we're going to hold everybody through the next three hours because we end the show with a little fade the public on a fade the public Friday. But man, we got some really interesting things to talk about. The Chicago Bulls coming into town tonight. That makes uh, for an interesting evening over at uh, Chase Center. And then a very interesting Sunday has been scheduled for down uh, in Santa Clara because it's just a, it's a fascinating game on paper. And, you know, sometimes... What looks really good on paper doesn't turn into this clash of styles, this overwhelming, fascinating football game. But I think this thing's got all the earmarks of if you're really going somewhere, if you're really going to be a team that is, you know, going to not find itself in the playoffs, but really find itself in another Super Bowl. I think you beat a team like the Miami Dolphins at home. They have a quarterback that excels in one of the areas that this offense still struggles in, and we were just talking about that with Steiny and Guru, their red zone offense, the 49ers, it leaves something to be desired. Even with the addition of Christian McCaffrey, there are still, you know, inside the 10-yard line, first and goal, that feels like a problem. For the Dolphins, it ain't no problem. I mean, it, this is where Tua 
has used the field to reestablish himself, not as just, you know, the future of the Miami Dolphins at the position of quarterback, but one of the guys that is going to be a quarterback of circumstance in the next, you know, eight to ten years in this league. That's what Mike McDaniel hopes that he has found in this guy. Well, and it's two offensive gurus. We're going to find out, you know, who's... And they took totally different approaches. McDaniel went with arguably Damon the fastest collection of weapons in the entire game and the the Niners are countering with the greatest collection of run after the catch weapons maybe the league's ever seen so they kind of and they both kind of want to dominate that intermediate middle which is where NFL action is, is you know really happens offensively and both these guys kind of live in that area the Niners have been great in that area defensively so it's on come Sunday it should be a fascinating matchup, and again, one of the places where I thought that the Niners just had a, a baked-in tactical advantage before the game even started was, as you said also during uh, the face-off, Miami is down, let's just say, one-and-a-half tackles because uh, Taron Armstead is doubtful, while Austin Jackson is out. Armstead is their starting left tackle, and Jackson is their starting right tackle, but the tackle that we're going to end up concentrating on here today is the fact that Trent Williams has walked off the field today in practice, but you don't think it's going to lead to him missing this game? No, I, I think he'll play. Um, it was back spasms, and I think that's something that they'll be, by Sunday game time, they will probably be able to to you know give him the right combination of heat or whatever it is that you address back spasms with on a big man like that. Uh, but I think he'll be out there. If he's not... It's Colton McKivitt's time, and the Niners have a lot of confidence in McKivitt's. And McKivitt's is not a dramatic step uh, down. It's not like he's just awful. He's 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 had time. He's started a playoff game. So, but Trent is you know Trent's Trent, and I think he'll give it a go. Kyle Shanahan today talking about Trent Williams. What happened with Trent? He was having back spasms. It's popped up this morning. Yes. Yeah. We've known Trent for over a decade. Has, has he had back issues in the past? I don't know him having many. I'm not too concerned about it. I asked Chris if he was all right. He said that's just big guy problems. Lynch told me he used to get him sometimes. You usually have him on game day. That's a big deal. So, so we had him today. Spend the day resting and stuff and expect him to be all right. But hope that doesn't happen on Sunday. There you go. Big man problems. Hopefully he is the uh, big man to overcome them. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was then asked about Debo Samuel. If he took a step backwards this week with the thigh, what are they calling a thigh contusion? No, there was no setback. Just when you have a deep thigh bruise, you kind of have a idea how it's going to be and uh, just hasn't been as good as we've ex- we're expecting by now. Uh, so we're expecting to be able to go full by now and wasn't able to, so that's why there's some concern. And here's the thing. I, I don't want anyone to think that when I say Debo is equally hard to replace, yet somewhat easy to replace, that he isn't this... I mean, when, when he is on his game, when he is really involved in a game plan and Jimmy is looking for him and finding him, the 49ers are a demonstrably better team with that happening than without it happening. I, I've got nothing but respect for what that guy can do. But he hasn't done it frequently enough this year to make me think it's part and parcel to anything that the 49ers want to do. He has played well in blips. They've played well longer than just in his blips of playing well. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey showing up takes an awful lot of pressure off of his absence, if that's indeed what the 49ers have. But I think Juwan Jennings is absolutely stepping into a role of, you know, he is he's a good player to have out on the field. and He's got better ball skills. He might have better hands. Yeah. He might have better hands. Yep. And Brandon Ayuk has 
emerged as the A number one passing target. Now, you'd like to think George Kittle was on that Travis Kelsey just as big of a weapon in a passing game line, but he's not. He's not. He could be. That's just not how they choose to use him. It's just not how the game plays out for the 49ers. To me, what I think would be interesting, Larry, about this game, and I'm not trying to you know, say I, I wouldn't want this defense to just flex its muscles for four quarters. I think it would kind of be interesting if the Dolphins did have some offensive success and it put a little pressure on this offense, the 49ers offense, to not just err on the side of conservative, we're trying to run the ball 40 times, but I, I, think, it would, I think it would do the 49ers well, not to find themselves in a shootout, but to not find themselves in a game where Kyle's comfortable putting away the playbook in the third quarter. I mean, if he is doing that, things have gone very, very well, and that's also very good. But I do think challenging and accepting the challenges for this offense, it goes into making them better prepared for a playoff run. I'm As impressive as this offense has been, statistically, measurably, in some ways, I still feel it lacks. I really, well, I mean, they I scored do. 13 points. Yeah. So there you go, right? I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, there's something, I don't think, by the way, we're going to see Debo Sunday. I, th- I think he's not going to go. Yesterday, I was down there and the conditions on the practice for Thursday were, were wet. And so I thought they were holding him out based on that. But Shanahan made it clear that Debo would have to do something of significance today to get on the field on Sunday. And if he didn't go today, uh, I, I don't think he goes Sunday. And I don't, I'm not saying that they don't need him because they do need him. Um, but they do have other guys. You know, they, they do have Juwan Jennings, and Jennings is playing at a really, you know, really high clip right now. Ayuk's playing tremendously. They've yet to get Danny Gray on the field. They like Ray Ray McLeod. You know, they have some other other guys. Um, but I forgot I, Ray, Ray, Ray Ray McLeod was even on the team. Yeah. I mean, that's that's because he never gets any run from scrimmage. Yeah. Danny Gray, you're sure about him? Is that guy an actual human being? <laughs> yes, he is. Okay. He's an actual human being, but he is, you know, he's a rookie. Uh, Trey going out. I think he was the guy who was ideally suited to be the deep ball catcher from Trey Lance. Jimmy doesn't specialize in that. Uh, and I think he's had some problems, like a lot of rookie receivers do, just kind of making that transition from the college game to the pro game, which is far more intricate and complex. But I think they can win without Debo. Uh, but I would like to see the Dolphins score some points and challenge the 49ers a little bit for what you're talking about so we can see kind of the full breadth of Shanahan, um, you know, in a in a game where he's got to score 25 points or more. Let's see it. Let's see this offense, if this offense can actually do it. And if this defense can keep up a second half, you know, second half shutout streak, it would be historic going back to the 30s to find a team that did something like that. I mean, it's what what they have done over their course of games in November defensively is really impressive. And let's face it, I think we've all developed enough respect for Eric Armstead to say that this Death Star will not be fully operational until he is a part of it. Well, he's a part of it. So as good as this defense has been, an argument could be made that they will be better prepared to be the best that they could be with Eric Armstead, and he is back this week. So 
Let's play some football. It's going to be a really interesting week around the NFL. We're going to talk about it with our pal Brian Baldinger, who's going to join us in our 4 o'clock hour. How about this? If you were a fan of football in the early 90s, if you're a Michigan guy, Leroy Horde is a name you know all about. And Leroy is actually part of the Dolphins uh, broadcasting team. He does radio in Miami, even though he was never a Miami Dolphin. He, he was a brown, radio right? Miami. He was a brown. He was a couple, couple of, I don't think he was ever a Dolphin. I'll Big th- power back, though. How about this? We're going to look that up before we bring him on at 3.30, just so we have it right. But I do not think he was ever a Miami Dolphin. I would, I'm, and Lucas just told me in on my ear, I'm right. Oh, we're off to a smashing start this that. afternoon. I've already been right once, and we're only 11 minutes into the show. We're hot, Larry. We're cooking. Today here on 95.7 The Game, the merch store, it's open. Is it hot? Is it cooking? Well, that's up for you to decide. You can do a little browsing right now at 957thegameshop.com. You can check it all out, 957thegameshop.com. Damon and Rattle with Larry in for Ray this afternoon here on 95.7 The Game. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Oh, we are streaming. Not just Damon and Ratto. All the shows here at 95.7 The Game stream on YouTube, Twitch. It's happening. Why? Well, you tell me. I don't know. But people tend to like this stuff. They tend to watch. The same people keep coming back all the time. I mean, hello to Otis Bird the Third and the... Uh, I know Otis. The Top Chat YouTube gang. Hello to all our texters. And uh, if you are watching, you can see no indeed. That is not Ray Ratto. That's Larry Kruger in on a Friday afternoon. We got ourselves a big football game. Uh... We got ourselves uh, Leroy Horde joining us at the bottom of the hour. He is a talk show host down in Miami after a very long, very successful NFL career. So we're going to get into what makes the Dolphins tick. And I'll tell you, you know what really hurt this weekend? Not just from a, oh, it was he that did it. But man, if something else were to go wrong, I, it's nice that they accommodated Jeff Wilson Jr.'s trade request. I would not have. I just would not have. 
I would have liked. You will the sit com- there and you will be third string. Well, here's the deal. I we know that Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price each fall into the Shanahan would rather never category. So let's not even count them. Let's not count if the coach doesn't want to count on him. Why should anyone be counting on him? This was obviously Christian McCaffrey's backfield the minute that they traded for him. Right. And then Elijah Mitchell, to me, is a guy who might have had his career stunted by that whole Christian McCaffrey signing. Because I do think he can be a stud. I really do. But unfortunately, his injury... Yeah, you know, is he injury prone? We'll find out. But so far, yes, because he's going to miss the rest of this regular season. So, Jeff Wilson Jr. to me was not some luxury item. He was a guy who maybe moved backwards down that, you know, rung of importance. But he's still on the ladder of could be very, very important. What? I don't even want to think of what this offense would look like if Christian McCaffrey were having to miss any significant time this year. With Elijah Mitchell out, that's why you want Jeff Wilson Jr. still on this team. So I think it hurts in case something does happen. And hopefully he doesn't have the kind of game that you know decides this game for Miami. That guy's a bruising running back on days where things are going well for him. Yeah, hard. he's a tough kid. I mean, really tough. Um, I, you know... <laughs> I understand. I, I understand where you're coming from because it, it, you could say the same thing about running backs in football as you could say about starting pitching in baseball. Right. You could never have enough and you never trade any away because you never know when you're going to need more. So I, I agree with you. But then there's a human element. And this is one of the leaders in that room. And you're going to tell him, hey, I know you took one for the team and you were there when we needed you, but you're third string now. And I don't think he that was going to play well in the room. I think they didn't want any kind of an uprising. And I think that Lynch looked at things, discussed it with Shanahan, and Did said... Did Jeff Wilson Jr. and his personal not happy about it carry that much weight in that locker room? He does. He, he's a leader. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saying, Damon, that guys were going to walk out the door. He was one of the longest tenured Niners. He got an awful and lot he's of respect. T- he's tough as heck, yeah. and he's really respected and very much beloved by offense and defense. So when he asked for his, for for you know a ticket out of town, they're also looking at, okay, wait a second, we can get a fifth-round pick for a player that we took as an undrafted free agent and we're now who's now sitting third on our depth chart. And then they were also debating... But, I in, mean, third means, on this team's depth chart means he means could be up in a week. you are a starter in two weeks from now. I mean, it's... But it, here's, the, here's the bigger question. They, they like what they have in Jordan Mason. Um, some people feel he's like a poor man's Marshawn Lynch. All right. So they really like Jordan Mason. If they were going to keep Jeff Wilson and not trade him for a fifth round pick, they were going to cut Jordan Mason and say goodbye for nothing. And they didn't want to do that. So they chose Jordan Mason and his future over Jeff Wilson in the present. Wilson also has fumbled nine times but in his career. Thing, and he's a free agent at the end of the year. I guess my whole point there is your key word is they kept Jordan Mason for his future. Larry. I don't give a rip about a single drop of anyone's future. The 49ers should only be looking at all football questions in the present tense. Are we a better football team today trading Jeff Wilson Jr. away? To me, the answer is definitively no. Would we like to accommodate all your wishes and desires for more playing time, Jeff? Of course, you've earned that in so many ways. But we are a contending team. We are not going to say goodbye to the all-important concept of depth just to make you happy. What if 
because you're you're the one thing you're basing this based on what you've seen of Jordan Mason. They're seeing him in practice. You're not at practice. What if Jordan Mason is actually better than Jeff Wilson? Then what play if, him. Then, then I want to see I him agree. get them 10 carries and Christian gets a break. and a, I mean, here's the thing. If he is that good, where the hell's he been? He hasn't been hurt. Why, you know, why, why haven't If he's that good, why isn't he playing? Well, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent in their room that are just sitting around developing. You know, and, sure. and almost every position. They got twenty guys in that room that are just sitting and developing for future years or if need be this year. I, I don't think that Jordan Mason's not playing because he can't play. I think Jordan Mason's not playing because he's not next man up yet. But that may come, and it may come this week, it may come next week. And when he when he gets on the, out there in the field and he shows everybody what he's got. I think the Jeff Wilson, what the heck, what the heck, is going to die down. Okay. I mean, hey, just just get it done with the players you got. Because I've never seen a team have so much success with almost any running back that they've thrown in there. Except for like the ones that they draft mid-round, which is really kind of weird. I mean, yeah, Ty Davis Price. I, I don't know. I don't even know if Ty Davis Price is in front of Jordan Mason. Damon, he might be behind him. Trey Sermon. I mean, what the hell Trey was Sermon that? Was traded. What was all that? Third-round pick. So look. Now it's Christian McCaffrey, and the really good news is that Christian McCaffrey and Eric Armstead are playing on Sunday. McCaffrey's importance just it can't be overstated anymore. And I don't think we need to convince a soul listening to how important he is to what this team wants to do, not only in any you know vacuum of a single Sunday game plan, but in what he represents to this team's offense from here on through the remainder of his contract. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is going to be deeply involved in absolutely every snap of offense until he is no longer a San Francisco 49er. He is outside of Jimmy and, you know, maybe your offensive line, which has got to show up for anything to happen offensively anyways. He is now the most important other guy you know, yeah. on, on that offense. So... I understand you want to build it all around McCaffrey, and hopefully this guy stays healthy. But I just, again, I I truly believe, like you said about starting pitching, you just cannot have enough. Cannot have enough running backs, especially for a team that is the single most banged up. This came out of nowhere every single day. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, cutting each other's with razors at practice? I mean, it's 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 amazing how often this team gets hurt. And I just want all that to go away because clearly, when the Niners got a touch of health and are in rhythm, they're a really good football team. Oh, it's a, it's as good a defense as there is in the league. And then we've seen two things that have impacted Jimmy Garoppolo. He is throwing the football away, not taking the negative play, the sack, or the or the turnover. And Christian McCaffrey's is his safety valve. So now he's got McCaffrey late in the down. You know, and and so he now he can survey the field, see nothing, dump it off to McCaffrey, get 10, 12 yards, and he can throw that ball into the turf. And those two factors have been the the in my opinion the reason for the 49er offensive renaissance, if there's been such a thing, uh, or why Jimmy's playing the best ball of his career right now. Really, those two factors. He throws it away, and he can dump it to that kid. Uh, a guy named Nathan on the YouTube chat says, uh, "Let's not pretend that Miami having like four or five X Niners isn't a." story hey no one no one is pretending there is an awful lot maybe as much institutional knowledge of how the 49ers go about their business inside the dolphins locker room 
than any other opposing locker room around this league right now. I mean, they know the Niners, and they know the Niners' running game. A lot of players in the room, and then, of course, the most important voice in the room in terms of what are you preparing to do, Mike McDaniel. And this, to me, is just... It's fascinating that this is a guy who was like this this goofy, quirky, hidden gem that for some reason Kyle started sending to the podium last year. And and I really didn't know why he was I, I couldn't think of at any other point during Kyle's career where there was an assistant coach or coordinator or quality control coach going to the podium like sometimes Sala would, would address the media because he is the defensive coordinator but there wasn't another voice that represented offensive concepts other than Kyle players I mean really for, for po- podiums are usually reserved for players head coaches and owners so to have Mike McDaniel be thrown behind podiums for media moments last year, like it, it, it caught me off guard. And I remember Grandy and I would sit around and we'd be listening to some of the sound bites, and we would agree, like, you know, this is, that's a really weird, quirky thing for a guy to say. But unless you can see the weird, quirky guy saying it, I don't know if we should play it on the air. Like it's, it's, it's funnier to watch than it is to listen to, because it's just coming from the most. I might work in a library professional head coach football scene in a really long time, right? Mike McDaniel doesn't look like he had come anywhere around a high school gym, much less a professional football field in his life. He just does not fit any sort of visual, you know, presumptions you might have about a a football coach one day. So think about how much he and I mean, he's, he's just a football geek of the first degree. That's how he's a brainiac. He is. So think of how much Kyle Shanahan and he have talked over the years. You know what I don't really need to do when I know that you are filling in here, Larry? I don't need to worry about what's coming out of your mouth because I can about 85 to 87% accurately predict it because I've been talking to you for 20 years. I've known you for about 20 years. There is no tendency you have that's really going to catch me off guard. And I'm going to be like, wow, I didn't know he was going there. What do I, uh, uh, how do I respond to that? Because I know your tendencies. This I need to mix it up sports. on you. I need to mix it up. I'm on to you. I got to do some self scouting. Yeah, I, I, I got to get my quality control guy on the <laughs> horn and say, "Damon's on to me, man." I got to mix it up. Need more scheme dynamic qualities seriously. in your prison. No, but seriously, I'm gonna but, run when, when you think I'm passing. But that's just us talking sports. How about two guys literally eating, breathing, chalk talk, strategy every single game? There philosophies. is philosophies. You know their philosophies. There is no aspect of what Kyle wants to do on a football field that Mike McDaniel's doesn't know an awful lot about, and vice versa. And that, along with the matchups of a supremely confident offense against a supremely confident defense, make this a, a really fascinating football game. And to talk about it, we're very happy to say hello to a name that, man, if you watched a lot of football in the early 90s, you know who Leroy Hort is. Man, Pro Bowl running back, moved over to fullback, 10 years in the league, the Browns, the Ravens, the Panthers, the Vikings. He is a coach. or a, Not a coach. He's a host, pardon me, because who wants to be a coach when you could be a host in right. Sports Talk Radio? You got more w- time as a host. QAM in Miami, Leroy Hort. Thanks so much for joining us, man. And Let's just start with what's really important in your life. Congratulations on a big blue win in Columbus. Oh, not to mention I was in Ohio. Oh, my goodness. It was awesome. Oh, I strutted my stuff in the whole state of Ohio this past weekend. 
And you know what? I learned a valuable lesson playing at Michigan that everybody gets caught up in trying to win the national championship, as they should. But you got to play a style of football that gets you out of your conference and then hope that style matches up for the national championship. And Ohio State can compete with the SEC with the speed and the talent and everything that they had. However, they didn't necessarily play a style of physical football that gets you out of the Big Ten. And it caught up to them. Two years in a row, I might add. Look at that. Yeah, I knew I knew we were going to hear a little something about last year's game, too. <laughs> Leroy Horde here on 95.7 The Game with Damon Bruce and Larry Kruger. It is a pleasure to have you on, Leroy. And I know you make your home down in Miami, and you're talking about the Dolphins every day down there. When they hired Mike McDaniel, did you think, man, this guy's just going to shoot right out of the gate, and it's going to work immediately? How surprised are you that he is basically, like, reignited this team offensively and taking Tua from a guy who was being looked at as, I don't know if he's the guy to, you know, a young quarterback now where a lot of people are saying, I don't know if there are too many better young quarterbacks in the entire league. Well, here's the problem, okay? Tua did not ask to be drafted by the Miami Dolphins. And so when you draft him, you have to afford him all the resources and tools to be successful because that's what you want. You're drafted him fifth in the draft. I had a hard time believing, as much as I like what Brian Flores was doing, I had a hard time believing that a new coach that required patience didn't have any with his quarterback. And so the first thing Mike McDaniel did, he came in and he said, Tua's our guy. I'm going to do everything I can to make Tua successful. But Tua has talent. And everybody's starting to see that. But I'm going to tell you as a player, when you get beat down and beat down and beat down so much, the way Tua did his first two years, um, sometimes you start falling victim to that. And you think that might be really might be you. So Mike McDaniel came in and he just spread positivity all across to Now, he's been able to go out and perform the way that we saw him at Alabama. Whether it's going to last, I don't know. I don't know if this is just, you know, the honeymoon stage of new coach, new quarterback. But I know this, that Mike McDaniel has, has given Tua all the resources to be successful all the confidence to be successful, and all the support to be successful. So if he's not, it will truly be because of his play and not because what people think of him. Leroy, you know, it's funny. This, uh, these weapons that the Dolphins have are just so explosive, right? Everybody loves watching Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, But the tackles are out, and the two replacement tackles uh, for the Dolphins have given up a ton of pressures. Does that mean we're going to see the ball come out even faster and it may be, you know, two or throwing it short uh, because, you know, trying to compensate for not having his, his right and left tackle? One of the things that I am still amazed at and and I try to tell people that you can't possibly understand what's going on here but I'm going to tell you firsthand 
to throw the ball that quick and throw it in the middle of the field with accuracy is 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 something that a lot of quarterbacks can't do. And a lot of quarterbacks don't. I was I was with Bernie Kosar um this past weekend. And he said I was terrified to throw the ball in the middle of the field because we were always taught, don't throw the ball in the middle of the field. There's too much action in there. So don't make it a habit of throwing it in there. That's where Tua lives. That's where they throw the football. So they have a ton of combinations to where not just Jalen Waddle and not just Tyreek Hill, but a lot of other guys catch the ball in the middle of the field and they move them around and pick and choose how they're going to go about attacking the middle of the field. And I think that that will allow him because his eye, his eye line will always be relatively straight. That would allow him to get rid of the ball a lot quicker because guess what? If those Russians and Bosa and those guys get up the field, it'll give him a chance to step up and get rid of it. Now, I will say this. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous about not having Teron Armstead and, and Austin Jackson, but I'll say this about Austin Jackson, that Shell came in and, and, and played pretty good at right tackle. He only had problems when they moved him over to the left side. So if, if they can find some combination to not maybe be as good, but still give him the same amount of time to protect, because he's getting rid of the ball in two and a half seconds. So you almost have to just get in the way and not allow free rush. I think they can have some success, but if there's one part of their offense that I would be worried about, it is the fact that they have a couple of offensive linemen out. Leroy Horde spent a decade playing in the league, now a host on QAM in Miami. We're talking a little Dolphins with him. Um, when it comes to Miami's defense, you know, there's so much focus on the accuracy and the red zone success that Miami has offensively. Their defense, though, isn't what it was just a year or two ago. If you're Kyle Shanahan, where are you looking to attack Miami? Where's the weak, the weak point in this defense? Run the football. Run the football, which um, it's weird because both coaches want to do the same thing. They want to run the football and throw it off of that. They want to establish the run. And that has always been a staple of a Shanahan offense. And now it's, you know, they've gotten more weapons in the backfield to run the ball in Miami. And I think that's going to be key because if you want to stop a pass rush, you run the ball right at them. Don't avoid them. Just run at them. Because, you know, it's hard to rush the pass when you got an alignment in your face. Uh, and you're running the ball downhill. So I think you're going to see a, both teams. I think both both teams are going to make, make a conscious effort to run the football, try to control the ball, try to control the line of scrimmage, and then the big plays come off of that. If you try to go the other way, you're putting yourself in trouble to get behind the, the, you know, behind the markers, and if you give up a sack on first down, uh, now you're first and 15 and you're done. So I think they're going to play it a little safer and try to establish the run and maybe a little couple of quick passes to kind of test the waters. Um, but that's what they've done all year. So we are pretty much at the end of our segment here. I cannot have a fullback, a former fullback, a man who played 
what a dying position in modern NFL football, right? And what we have as our contributor on our station, Lorenzo Neal, who is one of the mm-hmm. great fullbacks of all time. And I think, you know, I, I think fullback when I think Leroy Horde, I really do. I'll, I'll do respect to Ann Arbor in the days of yore. Um, we have Kyle Juszczyk out here in the Bay, one of the best <laughs> in the business. How much do you love watching Kyle Juszczyk play? And why do you think the fullback has become an afterthought in, in so many locker rooms. It feels like it, 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 teams without fullbacks are nuts. Well, here's, here's, here's the deal. that I was a fullback, but I played a lot of different positions in the backfield. Because you were fast. I mean, that's it. The man was big and fast. I played, you know, in the slot some. I mean, Bill Belichick, he was our coach. And every time we played the Houston Oilers, well, that's kind of dating myself in itself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I played slot receiver because he came up with the genius plan that Lamar Latham, if you remember him, he was a pass rusher. Oh, yeah. Slot. He played linebacker. And they would spread him out over me. So I had to learn all the plays as a slot receiver at 225 pounds, and I always ended up with 10 or 11 catches because they took him out of the game by making him cover me a whole game. And so I think what you're seeing now is they have fullbacks in the game, but you remember when Washington used what was called the H-back? Yeah. That's more of what it is because they send him in motion, they run him on routes, they do a lot of things. It's almost like your alternate tight end. So they use him in a number of ways that, yeah, he's listed as a fullback. But he'll get out and run a couple of pass patterns. He'll do, do a lot of things as far as what they use him to do. So you can get away with having a guy like that because he does so much more than just line up behind the center or behind the quarterback and lead block for the running back. I'll tell you what, Leroy, you should get yourself like a trademarked slogan right now. Leroy Horde, the original H-back. He is the original H-back. Thank you so much you know for joining what? us. To be, You know what happened is that I was called the H-back in my offense, but everybody else saw it as the, the fullback. And so that's how I became a fullback. There you go. Just because, because when you're in a certain position in the backfield, but a lot of times I was in the backfield by myself. So that's how it happened. Leroy, great to talk to you, man. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Anytime. Thanks, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy Horde. Here on 95.7 The Game, we went just a touch long right there, but I'm, I'm look, I'm glad we got a Houston Oilers story stuck in there. I really, Lamar Latham. I feel good about it. Uh, there. Uh, Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game with Larry in for Ray this afternoon. We're brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full-service banking, no compromises. and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. It is great to have you here this Friday afternoon. It's great to have Larry in for Ray. And, uh, man, we got an awful lot coming up. Brian Baldinger joining us here. Leroy Horde putting us uh, a little closer to the Miami Dolphins, putting us a little closer to the evolution of fullback into H-back. 
And he said, you know, he might have been the original H-back, but I'm like, your last name's also Horde. So, you know, it works on two levels. I don't he know. He was a beast, too. He, he was. He was awesome at Michigan. You remember the 88 Rose Bowl against SC? He just rumbled MVP. Yeah. Huge day. Yeah. Um, speaking of Rose Bowls, did you see that the granddaddy of them all is finally ready to give up the keys? I don't, I don't know about you, but in my family, we literally had to have that rough conversation with grandpa it's tough to tell grandpa he's too old and times have changed and you got to give up the car keys now you're not you're not safe behind the wheel and neither are we you know right, right. <laughs> and um and, and that's a tough conversation to have that is it's a tough conversation to have everyone you know who's got an older family member taking away the car keys from grandpa's tough 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 chapter in life the granddaddy of them all the rose bowl had to be told by college football, you got to give up the car keys, man. You just can't squat on January 1st in that 5 o'clock window. If we're going to have ourselves an expanded playoffs, you got to play ball with some modern football. And the Rose Bowl basically agreed. Yeah, the prowess of the Rose Bowl and its claim on January 1st. Uh, not that we have the definitive exactly what's going to happen, but somewhere there is a single tear running down the cheek of Art Spander. That's right. He's been to seven trillion of them in a row. Uh, he was there when roses were invented, much less the Rose Bowl. Uh, they have signed an agreement with a college football playoff that paves the way for the event to expand now to 12 teams starting in 2024. It needs to happen. We are in a world of basically college football with free agency. So teams are just the transfer portal is alive and well. It's insane. It's insane. You got to get Notre, Notre Dame's Notre quarterback. Dame starting quarterback is sitting out anything the rest of the year because he's transferring. I know. Michigan's backup quarterback transferring because he didn't win the job. I'm watching SC uh, Utah tonight. Austin Jones should be playing for Stanford. He plays for SC. He transferred. Fight on, Lucas. Almost an hour. Lucas, uh, Lucas. We don't have to talk about it. I'm too nervous. No, I'm about to say. Should, yeah. I took SC on the money line, by the way. Nice. Hope you win. On the money, honey? Utah's favored? Uh, no. No, SC's favored. Oh, well then, how's there a money line? What do you mean? You can get just get just to win. Oh, just straight yeah, up. Yeah, so oh, it's, okay. I think it's oh, three. So you, so I don't want to give the three because I'm okay. thinking shootout. I'm thinking 38-35, right. 41-38. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah, it's funny. I only think money, honey, when you're putting it on the underdog just to win straight out. I don't even think about it. You made an overlord bet. Right. I think you got it, Lucas. I really do. Thanks. I think you got it. And I really hope that in an hour and nine minutes from now when the game starts, we can still depend on you to produce the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. I mean, look at it this way, Lucas. If you have to leave at five o'clock and just tell Grandy to land the plane by himself, I get it. I really do. He's going to speak in your ear and he's going to be like, okay, uh, your guest is ready. Go to Cam Rising right now. Exactly. I mean, oh, no, no. I mean, uh, Brian Baldinger right now. <laughs> yeah. It, look, I'm going to tell you that the minute Indiana's like, this college basketball team. It feels like we're back. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to find me very much in March. In late March, I will not be working you were loving, NCAA you were tournament loving games. in Indiana, oh, Carolina the Larry, other day. It's, it's, it's the most I felt like myself in about a decade. Like, I, I turned really it on. It. I said to my kid, I go, Damon is all up in this. Oh, because it's early still. I mean, we're not even at, we're not even that January. You could say that this part of the college basketball season is, you know, this is the calm before the storm. Totally. But Indiana routed Carolina. Though Carolina's not necessarily in in, uh, it's not in, a, the team, in a great spot right it's now. It's not the team that was in the national title game last year, but they're still pretty good. They had a little 
they had a, they were running on fumes after a four overtime game against Alabama right before they came to Assembly Hall. But oh God, I'm telling you, I haven't felt like it's. Do you ever like find a pair of pants that you really used to like and then forgot about, and then you're like, oh, they still fit. Oh man, I'm still I'm like myself again. That's how I felt. But you also have those disaster pants that uh, I've seen you wear them. Oh, those, I, yes. Those Indiana warm-up pants. Oh, do you mean the, the most beautiful those, candy stripe pants in the world? Those clown pants. I'm going to be walking around Las Vegas wearing those things <laughs> in a weekend from now. I'm going to be out there for Indiana, Arizona. So I, I heard you tell Kerr. I, wh- what is the bet? Oh, so I don't think there's anything I could possibly give him. I like what you wanted, though. Oh, you I, want- I'm going right for it. I'm like, I want you to fly my wife and I to Paris. I want four-star accommodation. He's like, I'd rather wear a T-shirt. Yeah, it's like, yeah, can I wear an Indiana T-shirt at a press conference? I'm like, no. Actually, that would be pretty good, though, it would because be- he would have to explain and the presser why he's wearing an Indiana shirt. It would be nice. It would be good for the show. little show promotion. Matt would like it. Sure. Uh I'd rather him pick up airfare on the way to the Olympics. No, I'm just saying, I didn't ask for airfare. But what I do, I mean, you want to go behind the rope, she said. I want behind the red, road at, red rope access to a, an Olympic men's basketball team in my life, Larry. I'm never going to know the head coach. Right. And I'm this never, is your shot. I'm never going to have like a, a possible sort of at least acknowledgement relationship with two or three players on the damn team. So, like, it's time to go. If I'm ever going to really consume Team USA basketball in its most consumable way for me, this is it. Not to mention, it's probably the last, like, free country Olympics we might get. Like, all, all well, Olympics had- are going to, like, totalitarian states. Like, to have an Olympics <laughs> right. in, in Paris, like, that sounds awesome. I noticed that you didn't make it to Qatar for uh, not make for it the to World Qatar. Cup. I did not. By the make way, it you got to go see I the, make, the I wouldn't E60 make it to the- on on Qatar and the slave state that is Qatar was incredibly well done by uh, Jeremy Shap. You got to check that out. It's a, it's I'm Jeremy Shap. ESPN. <laughs> I'm walking but, uh, through the streets of Qatar. Yeah, I. Uh, it it look. It's the single greatest insult to any cons. Here's the thing. Stop asking your teams to be moral arbiters of the way the world should be because the minute there's enough money on the table to say take all your principles and stuff them in a locker where we can't hear about them they'll take that deal there was a woman who witnessed the payoff for Qatar and she was on the E60 and yet no investigation no anything and Qatar is still the host it's uh it's disgusting it's the greatest human rights catastrophe in the history of sports in my lifetime. I know that, you know, the Chinese Olympics displaced an entire neighborhood to build the bird's nest, but 8,000 people didn't die for that to happen. Like 8,000 people died. They're basically playing these World Cup games in tombs. Well, and, and the people who run Qatar as a country acknowledged how bad the conditions were after they were called on it. And they actually did something about it, but thousands of people died in between then. I mean, it was just, just, it's just a, what an S show. Just based on the disrespect of Budweiser, they should pull out too. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, you can come have a beer. Oh, wait a second. Three days before? No, no beer. can't do that. No beer. And me. make sure you download the two tracking apps so we can monitor you and your communications forever, which is also part of the deal if you're going. Oh, there. I didn't anyway. even know that. Uh, by the way, just, you know, here's the only soccer note I'm going to give you this afternoon. 
Christian Pulisic apparently is going to play. Uh, I don't know. Was it like a ball sack sports, or did he actually let everyone know he's okay and his balls are okay? It's a pelvic contusion is what they're calling it. So it Ooh. had nothing to do with his nether regions, and he should be good to go as well as Josh Sargent but starting the striker. Didn't he actually like talk about like – there was a he – was, he was talking about both of them. Both of them. Yeah, he said he did not get hit in his – yeah. Yeah. Just imagine. Come on, Deese. Just imagine. Deese nuts. Imagine the flopping he could have done. I mean, the, the flopping it knows no end. It makes I mean, I think everybody who plays soccer has to, like, you know, honor Vlade Divac or something. The it, It's the rare soccer injury where when I, as soon as I saw the replay, I'm like, okay, if he wants to lay down for about two or three minutes here, he should, give him all the room he needs. That looked like it probably hurt. You got a knee right in a grundle. Good and, luck with that. And it cost right. him a, a game-winning goal celebration. I know it was early, but that's your one nothing winner right there. I mean, what is he supposed to do? Like the double knee slide into the corner? Oh, that's as good as it gets. The Brandy Chastain pull the jersey off? What if you were wearing a sports bra? That'd be a story. <laughs> U.S. is, uh, I think, plus 360. Netherlands are minus 110. The draw is plus 240. So there you go. What time, You're what, all up to date. By, by the way, what, what are they, uh, you know, in, in, in baseball, it's first pitch. In football, it's kickoff. In, you know, in in. in at basketball, it's tip time. What do they call it in soccer? Kickoff? Yeah, kickoff. Is it kickoff in soccer? Okay. 7 a.m. You're asking the wrong guy. Is 7 it 7 a.m. or is it 6 a.m.? 7 a.m. Coverage starts 7 at 6. Fox right. wants you to think it's 6, so you're there. It's 7. 7 a.m. Couldn't Fox give us somebody with a British accent, by the way? I mean, I, I, I just don't feel like I'm watching Premier Soccer without somebody with a British Dude, accent. I'm going to tell you right now. Telemundo. Watching on Telemundo. And really? Just, just, you, I don't speak Spanish. doesn't matter. They speak fluent <laughs> soccer, and it's better. It's better. It's it. it, it it doesn't matter that you don't speak Spanish. It is the better broadcast. There you go. All Absolutely right. it is. By the way, speaking of really good broadcast, we got one for you uh, starting at 6 o'clock tonight. It's Warriors Live. We've got the Bulls in town. And it's a, it's, look, I mean, we don't know what the Warriors are on the road yet. So that means you got to defend that home court. Every single home game for the Warriors has gone up twice in terms of just importance. There is no such thing as a home game that doesn't matter for the team this year. They need as many as they can get. They're 9-1 and one at Chase Center, I believe, and they'd like to go 10-1 and one with the Chicago Bulls in town tonight. Uh, Warriors Live is brought to you by Xfinity. Supercharge your home with supersonic Wi-Fi, unbeatable internet only from Xfinity. And just because I'm here, Grandy, close enough for uh, government work anyways, let me just welcome everyone to 4 o'clock. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.